Coming up on this week's episode, I take a look at what happened yesterday in the race for the Champions League spot whilst Liam takes a look at the relegation battle. Liam has another teaser whilst he also dusts off his football encyclopedia for another story. I have some interesting stats in the Wonders of White, so let's get started. Hello and welcome to episode 29 of View from the Sideline podcast. It's Chris here and Liam is with us as always. Hello, Liam. Good evening, Chris. How are you doing? Yeah, well, I think we're both both very, very happy, I think, oh. after, after this weekend. Or more relieved, shall we say. I am still... The adrenaline's still pumping. <laughs> well, yeah, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll go into that briefly on, on why we are pretty grinning from ear to ear at the moment. Um, but yeah, so uh, I think well, this is actually the last one in the series. Um, so the this is our series. Yeah, yeah, this is the end of series two today, and obviously we'll be back um, when the football is restarted, which I think is around about the twelfth of September. Um, I, I saw today that some teams are going to get a, a later start, depending on how well they do in Europe. So. Um, that'll be sort of the, the time that we're aiming to come back. Um, but in about a week's time, the podcast is officially uh, two years old. So Good. Happy birthday. Yeah, Happy birthday yeah. to view from the sideline. So we'll start this week with uh, a very easy teaser, I'm hoping, from you, Liam. <laughs> <laughs> so what have you got this week? Well, this week, uh, as it's the last one in the series, I thought I'd give you a chance to go out in a complete blaze of glory. So um, it's going to take a little bit of thinking. Oh, blimey. Basically, there are nine players who scored for six or more Premier League clubs. I've got named five of them, but I have a feeling that you're going to go for all nine. And I reckon if you put your brain together, I think you can probably get all nine of them. But I'm, I'm going to ask for five to begin with because it will so give you nine... a bit of thinking time. Okay, so nine players that have scored for six, six or more. Premier League clubs. Let's write that down just so I can have a Okay. Have a think while we're going along. Yeah. Oh. See how many you can get. I mean, I've asked for five, but if you think you can go for all nine, then I say give it if a go. Get all nine. Jeez. Okay. We will start with um, this week's topics, which, well, it is just the, the end of the season. So um, I've kind of done a bit on the Champions League race, as obviously Chelsea were involved in that, and Liam's done. A little bit on the relegation battle that he endured for two hours yesterday. <laughs> um, so we'll start with uh, the, the Champions League uh, race. So three teams involved, uh, or three teams left to get two spaces, third, fourth. And then obviously the team that are going to finish fifth were going to miss out. Uh, and then obviously Manchester United ended up winning and Chelsea winning as well, both 2-0. So great results for both teams. Um, but I think the main the main thing to come out of this is how bad Leicester have been since lockdown. I think they look like a completely different team. I think there's a few teams in the Premier League where it seems after lockdown it's just affected them more than, than other teams. I think Sheffield United are probably one of those teams as well. Um, obviously, didn't stop Jamie Vardy uh, picking up the golden boot. He was still scoring freely. Uh, but... Jesse Lingard getting a goal for, for Man United 
Uh, Who would have thought of that? Yeah, uh, a huge <laughs> gift in a goal. Yeah, a huge error by Kafsis from local there, uh, and it was just glad that obviously that Leicester weren't one up or something at that sit- at that point in the game because that would have been that definitely would have uh, stolen the headlines that one with Lingard yeah. scoring to, to equalise. But uh, may not have given it a, a penalty. Um, one player for me that stood out for May United this season, even though he joined in January, uh, is Bruno Fernandes. Um, I think he has been that key for them for unlocking that, that sort of midfield. I think that's one of the areas that they were struggling before lockdown. And uh, Fernandes has come in and it, it's almost like he's been there for, for years. Um, and I, I think without his sort of goals and his assists and his contribution in the games... I don't think they would have finished in the top four. I'm not sure about you, what you thought on that, Liam. No, I think he's made a huge difference, not just from what he gives to you in terms of goals. And I know he's, I know if you've been penalties, but he has scored a fair few. But I think you look at the United team going forward now, every time he gets the ball, all of the front three, and I could probably say Pogba as well, they're all confident to make a run and that they're going to be spotted. And when you look at all the good teams this year like Liverpool and Man City whenever one of the centre midfielders or one of the more creative players gets the ball you can almost see the eyes light up of the the, the front players because they just know they're going to get picked out every time yeah. and I think he's he's given them that confidence and I think we've seen a better Anthony Marshall I think he, he's had I think quite a good year probably his best year in a Man United shirt and obviously Rashford has, has been pretty consistent this year and uh, and Greenwood as well, especially towards the end of the, you know, after lockdown, I think Greenwood's been excellent. And um, yeah, I think it's down to Fernandez. I think he just gives yeah. them the confidence that they're going to be, they've got a player that can actually provide the assist now. They don't have to do it all themselves. Mm. Um, so yeah, I'll be interested to see what Solskjaer manages to do in the transfer window. Because going forward, I would say if United can keep this up next year, they're looking good without many additions. I think it's just defensively they've got to look at. I think oh, a new yeah. keeper potentially whether that's whether that's Dean Henderson who's already there or, or they buy someone else. Um, but yeah, they they if, I think if they could bolster that back four, we could see probably not a title challenge, but uh, maybe a more comfortable uh, Champions League place for them next year. Definitely, yeah. and I, I, I agree with you there. I think it. Him coming in is is just given more confidence for that front three. I think they fr- they've thrived with him, you know, being being the main assister in, in that team. Um, what it says for Pogba, uh, I really don't know. Obviously, his contract is running out next end of next season, so it, it's almost like he will have to play, you know, second fiddle to Fernandez because obviously he's been pushed back to almost sort of a centre defensive midfielder which I don't think you probably really really want to do but you know we'll, we'll wait and see what happens there but a good win for them I think Man United have probably after lockdown have probably been the best team in the league I, yeah. think, I think they've um, Liverpool have, have, have considerably dipped I think although they have been picking up wins I don't think that they've been playing as well but I think from where Man United were before lockdown and where they are after lockdown I, I think that's a, a hugely successful season for Solskjaer well, for the fans, really, um, you know, it's been you know quite some time now since I think they've experienced this sort of attacking football at their club. So, I think it surprised yeah. them a little bit. It certainly surprised me. 
yeah. I mean, you know, they had a good a good start against you. I don't want to remind you of that game, but oh, that's, um, that's a long, long time. It's a long now. time ago now, but yeah. um, yeah, I think they struggled uh, with the opening couple of months of the season, trying to maybe figure out the style Solskjaer wanted to play. But it seems like every game they seem to be growing in confidence, growing in strength, and I think a good. Solid, I mean, but then again, we said this last year: a good solid transfer window could could see them mount some sort of challenge, and um, it failed, failed to sort of materialise really until obviously Fernandez in January. So, yeah, we'll wait and see on that front. I don't know how much money they're going to spend, but I'm, I'm guessing that they've got quite a big kitty to uh, oh, splash yeah. on a few transfers. Um, but yeah, we'll wait and see. It's uh, I think I'd, I'd be cautiously optimistic. I think if I was a United mm-hmm. fan. Well, speaking of budgets, I think Chelsea are going to have quite a substantial budget over the summer. Yeah. <laughs> I think they're already sort of showing that um, now. Obviously, they won uh, 2-0 uh, yesterday, which is job done, really. It was probably one of the better games I've seen them play, especially defensively. Uh, Caballero in, Kepa out. What that means for what him. What did you make of that, Chris? Uh, I'd, I'm all for it, to be fair. I think competition is good. Um, and this isn't the first time he's been dropped uh, for Caballero. Uh, even this season, I think even the start of this this year in January, he was dropped as well. Uh, I don't think he's anywhere near the sort of level compared to his price tag that we paid for him. Um, not so much too many mistakes. It, it's just, it's just he hasn't made a huge amount of mistakes. But they've been, you know, here and there, uh, and yeah. it, it tends to be the more important games where he kind of lets us down. Um, I don't I think, think that, he inspires confidence. In no, that line, no, and it? I think, and I think that's the main reason why sometimes we look a bit shaky at the back. I think I just don't think they trust him when balls are coming in. Because um, he's conceded but, a lot from set pieces. Yeah, yeah. which and kind of he, suggests to me they don't know if he's coming out. They don't know if he's staying back. Obviously, what happened last year in, in the League Cup final, I think that's still yeah. is fresh in, in in some of the players' minds. Uh, I think they will go for another goalkeeper. Um, Who would you like to see? Well, they're on about this old black coming, but 109 million for him just seems like that's a, a lot, huge amount of money. Whether they can sell Kepper off as part of a deal and get him for fourth. Sort of like 50, 60 million, but then you're still spending 50, 60 million on a, on a goalkeeper. Yeah. And at the same time, we spent, you know, 70 odd million on, on, on Kepa. So we'll, we'll see what happens. But uh, yeah, so Caballero in. Uh, I thought defensively, I thought we looked a lot better. And two goals, literally right before half time in, in stoppage time, Matt free kick. And then sort two of good a gif. Yeah, sort of a gif for Giroud. Um, the slowest pit player on the pitch, but he's still. Still managed to get in front of the uh, Wolves, Wolves defence. I have to, I have to say, fair play to Giroud. I think, you know, he was almost outcast from that team. Obviously, Abraham at the start of the season was just scoring goal after goal. He was making the odd appearance from the bench, but again, I think since sort of after lockdown, he's probably been one of the best players in the league. But, yeah, absolutely. Um, and a, a huge threat in front of goal, and I'm really glad that he's going to stay for another year. I think he deserves that for the performances that he put in. I remember last season, uh, Europa League final, uh, when he played Arsenal, he was he was brilliant in that game as well. Um, I think he thoroughly deserves another 
year yeah. on that contract. Um, I think they're sorting out Williams' contract as well from what I see today. It's more than likely that Williams is going to get that three-year deal that he wants, uh, which I think is a good thing. I think, again, you take out Eden Hazard, Williams probably been one of the best players we've had um, yeah. like signed for the past sort of six, seven seasons. Um, but I think a hugely successful season for Frank Lampard. I'm not just saying that because I'm a Chelsea fan, but... Um, we were almost written off getting top four at the start of the season, especially after the Man United game. Yeah. Uh, I looked back at the uh, the BBC presenters, uh, their predictions for top four. One person out of 20 people had Chelsea in uh, the top four, and that was Matt Upson. He had them fourth. Uh, everyone else pretty much had uh, Liverpool, Man City, Tottenham, and either us at Man City. Uh, so... Yeah, um, obviously stages of the season. Are, you know, I think every team has probably played poor this season, apart from Liverpool. Um, yeah. There's been, you know, stages of where we, I thought we've been playing really well. Um, obviously, we had to go with quite a youthful presence in the team. That's seven, seven uh, of our youngsters making debuts this season. Um, I thought Mount was probably the pick of the bunch. I thought he had a hugely successful season. Uh, Pulisic. Reese um, James has been good as well. Yeah, uh, James. Maybe not as consistent as Mount has been, but I think yeah. he's, um, he's a real one to look for in the future. I know Alexander Arnold seems to have the right back spot sewn up for years to come, but he Reece, he's, he's not a bad replacement oh, no. uh, for, yeah. you know. For the national team, I think it's uh, yeah promising that that position. Well, I think we're going to be strong for quite a few years. Yeah, um, it would be good to see what he's going to going to do, sort of formation wise, because obviously he went five at the back again yesterday, and it kind of it worked mm. better than what it did against. I, I I say it worked better than what it did against Liverpool. I I thought to be fair, like the Liverpool game, I thought we didn't actually play that bad. I know we were pretty poor first half, but second half. We played pretty well. Um, sort of transfers, you know, obviously we've got Werner, Zayic coming in as well. Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure Havertz is going to join. Um, I think he's even come out and said today that he wants it done within the next couple of weeks. Um, but there's a sort of issue between price tag, but I'm sure that can be overcome. I'd be interested uh, to see how they all fit in, especially if you yeah. say like William gets a new contract. I mean Zayic is a sort of, he can play on the wing. I think he can play behind the striker. So if you're buying Havertz who also plays behind the striker and if you're giving William a contract extension, someone's gotta drop out, I would have thought. So um it'll William. be Do <laughs> you think he'll be willing do you think yeah. he's gonna spend the next three years you know as an impact player maybe? Yeah, I, I think the front three, if he goes with the front three, it, it will be Pulisic, Werner, Zayic. If Havertz joins, um, I think he'll he'll sort of play in midfield. Um, you have to feel uh, sorry for Mount, because I, I imagine yeah, Mount is going to be the one dropping out. I think he's still going to be in the, the plans, as though I think Loftus-Cheek. Uh, what, I'm not sure about Barkley. He's had good games this year, but... I think even when he was Evan, I just don't think he's ever fulfilled that full potential that he's probably got somewhere. But um, 
whether we sign anyone else transfer wise, I think Lampard's probably already got a pretty good idea of what he wants to do. I, I think that a, a new centre back will come in, um, which would probably mean the end of of one of either Christensen or Zuma. He just he does seem to prefer Zuma at the bar. I think Zuma's done well this season. I think mean, you know he. If, it was his last chance, not, wasn't it? And I don't not think he's of any harm. Yeah, he's not he's not the best defender, but he's nowhere near the worst that we could have. Um sort of next season, I th- I think it'll be the same sort of ambition from Chelsea. I think from this season just to try and secure that top four. I don't think any team in the league at the moment is ready to challenge Liverpool for, for the title. Um but a, a, another top four finish will probably probably you know, we probably would have done well. Maybe a bit more silverware, maybe somewhere. Um, but sort of an early prediction. I'm, I'm saying top four. But yeah, so that's kind of where it I ended, think ended well for you. I did feel sorry for Wolves. Yeah. I must admit, because they've been, you know, knocking on the door for most of the season. They've obviously played a lot more games than than most of the teams because this season, I think it started over a year ago now, and. Um, yeah, it was just a shame that they didn't quite. Yeah. You know, I, I I thought that when when we started again after the lockdown, I thought that Wolves would be the team to challenge for the top four, and they just drawn too many games again, like I said before. Mm. But um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what they do over the summer as well, because again, I, th- I think they they've got quite an astute scouting system. They seem to find these young European players, flair players, and. Um, they seem to to pick them out of nowhere almost. So um, yeah, if, that, if they can keep that up, I think uh, they might be yeah. in for a good season next year still, as well. They can still get um, Europa League. Uh, yeah, they Chelsea need you to win. Yeah, or even if they win the Europa League themselves, they'll get the Champions League. So they've yeah. still got their options are still very much open at the moment yeah. uh, for Europe. But so yeah, so Liverpool, Man City, Man United, and Chelsea were. The finishing top four, and now Liam, I'm gonna let you get it all out. <laughs> well, what a weekend! Yeah, so we went into the weekend. Obviously, Norwich were already down, but it yeah. was going to be two teams from three. Uh, Villa started the weekend outside the relegation zone on goal difference alone. I think we were just one goal better off than Watford. Watford, obviously, having sacked Nigel Pearson a couple of weeks ago which obviously I think hugely backfired. We spoke about it last week, about what a mistake it was. Um, you know, I, I don't mean any disrespect to Hayden Mullins. I think he's probably been thrown into this role. But uh, yeah, they just, they looked a bit shell-shocked. And I think it showed within the first half an hour or so at Arsenal, when they went three goals down, um, looked really for all intents and purposes like they you know they weren't actually playing that badly i think arsenal just basically took the three chances that they had um but it looked like watford were showing fight and spirit but i think their problem this year has been a genuine lack of quality i think the players that they've relied on the last few years have maybe gone and gone missing a little bit i mean pereira last season i thought was very good for them he seems to have i don't know whether teams have figured out how to play against him or not but um he seems to have struggled this year People that they bought in, they've spent quite a lot of money on relative unknown talent and not much Premier League experience. They've got a load of nationalities in that squad that, you know, sometimes you can argue maybe they don't gel or something like that. But um, it's really been the turnover of managers 
for them this season. So they ended up producing a little bit of a comeback, which is where I was getting a bit worried. So they <laughs> they pulled, they managed to pull it back from 3-0 down to 3-2. And at that point, I was getting very nervous because Bournemouth were beating Everton uh, by three goals to one at that time. And with 10 minutes to go, I was thinking this was going to be a really, really nervy end. And Captain Fantastic, for us, stepped up, blasted a shot past Fabianski, who really should be doing better. But I will take it. It was a powerful shot, so let's let, I'll take that one. And I thought we were going to win our third game in four. And I thought that was it, done and dusted. West Ham have got nothing to play for. They're not going to come back. And we're safe. And then within 90 seconds of the restart, one of the, well, the, the more freakish goals that I've seen this season deflecting off Jack Grealish, looping over Pepe Reina in the style of Italia 90 against Peter Shilton. It just seemed to take an age for that ball to land in the bottom corner, but uh, it just flicked off his foot perfectly, looped in the air over Reina, and yeah, he couldn't quite reach it. But um, we managed to hold on just, and uh, I say just, it's uh, a lot of people are saying that we've managed to survive based on goal line technology. However, player of the season. I hope that uh, <laughs> it's more that um, I think luck balances out throughout the season. There's been a few incidents where I think we've been unlucky with VAR, and I know that there's a difference between VAR and goal line technology, but we've had a few, which I would argue are pretty much 99% decisions that should have gone our way. I think there was a, a handball that um, even the, I, I don't know what the head of the referees is called, but even he came out after the Arsenal game and said it should have been given. And we also scored a perfectly good goal against Crystal Palace that got disallowed when the referee didn't use VAR and VAR didn't intervene. So I like to think it balances itself out. Yes, we got a huge slice of luck. Yes, if that goal goes in and we lose 1-0 to Sheffield United, then we would have been down on goal difference. But I'd hope that if that goal had gone in, the second half of that game might have been a bit different if we were chasing it rather than sticking for a 0-0 draw. Mm. But you never know. You know, we some teams get a bit of luck, some teams don't. I think we've had our share fair of bad luck, fair share of bad luck this year. Um, and that one bit of good luck hasn't defined our season. But um, we need definite improvement uh, if we're going to survive and hopefully do a bit better next season. I don't know how much you saw, because I know you're obviously paying attention to the top end of the table. <laughs> I did no, keep I saw... messaging you <clears throat> and in you know anxious sweats at the weekend about everything that was going on. There was yeah. times when I thought, you know, there were, I mean, there were, until we, we actually got our goal, um, we were clinging on a little bit. We were gradually sitting deeper and deeper. It was very nervy. And, um, yeah, we were within a goal of, of, of getting relegated. Fortunately, we, we managed to get that first goal. But uh, I, do, I do feel sorry for Bournemouth. I don't know about you. It was yeah. it's a shame to see them go. One of the better clubs, I think, in, in, in the Premier League. Um, Eddie Howe, I think, is a great manager. But... Uh, I think I think some of the signings have, have let them down. Uh, some of the signings they bought in. Uh, you you look back a few years ago when they bought Solanke, Ibe, or I, whatever he's called. You know these are players that they thought were going to keep them in the league and just not turned out that way. Um, 
big money well, for a small club as well. Yeah, I don't mean that disrespectfully to Bournemouth, but you know, but bear in mind where they were in League Two. Oh yeah, I... going bankrupt to spend fifteen million on someone who, well, basically didn't really play for them in Jordan. Yeah, and, I do. Yeah. I think, I think they may struggle to get back into the Premier League straight away. Um, do you think know. they'll manage to keep? I'm I'm thinking about Wilson probably and I think Wilson David Brooks. I think I think Wilson and Brooks are probably two that will probably I think if a Premier League team was to come, I think they'd probably ask to leave. Um I'm thinking more Yeah. I'm thinking more sort of what happened what's gonna happen with Eddie Howe. Um, yeah. he was pretty quiet yesterday after a long season. Um, they gave it he, everything. Oh they, yeah, they, they played did, very yeah. well in the last game. Yeah, um, you know, I I know they struggled with injuries, but um, based on that performance, you know, they they really, it wasn't for lack of want. You know, there are some teams no, that yeah. go down like Norwich with a bit of a whimper, and you, you know, they're not really bothered, but they were still fighting there till the end. Um, I think, yeah, if they'd have had a fully fit squad, mm-hmm. especially at the start of this season, they might have been a little bit better off. But yeah, I do feel for Eddie Howe. I hope they, I hope they keep him, and I hope they do bounce back. Well, I don't think they'd sack him, um, but it's whether he would leave. And really, there's no point other than leaving for another Premier League club. Um, so we'll have to see what happens there. Um, Watford, uh, strange, really. Um, they've been quite consistent, really, previous seasons, but I don't, I don't really know what's happened this season. I, well, I think getting rid of three managers probably has not helped at all, has it? No. Um, second, I was your person two weeks ago. It just seems just crazy. Um, but um, I think I think out of the three that have gone down, I think they're probably more than likely to come straight back up. Um, the only, I think the only thing for them is they do have, of the three teams that have gone down, I think they have the better players. And it's yeah. whether they can keep hold of those players, I think, would be key to them. But I, th- I think players like Troy Deeney will stay there. Um, I don't th- and, I, and the back, sort of back four and the goalkeeper, I, th- I think, will stay as well. I think they maybe have a, a, a bit of a bigger budget. I know you can't go as wild in the championship, but you can still afford, with your first season being down there, like Villa did. I mean, we only just got away with it, but you can still afford to spend maybe £30 million. Yeah, if you if you're serious about bouncing back up, and that's the way you want to do it, and I think they've got the budget to do that. Just maybe keeping a manager for a full season next that season. might help. <laughs> but if you're a manager, I mean, I don't know about you, Chris, but if I was a manager, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to go. To oh, not not after seeing the last four. After seeing what they've done. No, so I don't. I wouldn't. I don't know who they're going to get in to take it, but. Um, yeah, it will be. Uh, it will be interesting to see how they do. I actually, I don't think they will come back up. I think a lot of the players there are going to want to leave. I think you're right. Deeney will probably stay, um, and yeah, probably most of the back four. I don't know about Ben Foster. He's getting on a bit now, but um, yeah, I, I th- I've just got a feeling that they're going to be one of those big clubs that struggles for a couple of years before they bounce back, almost like Villa did. Really, you know, it took it took three years. You know, yeah. we, I think we thought that we were going to bounce back up at the first time of asking but the championship is a very different league and um, you need a big squad and I think you need a 
physically strong squad to cope with the amount of games that come at you thick and fast. And there are going to be teams down there. Obviously, Cardiff are playing tonight, but that kind of physically strong long ball, you know, they're not going to take any prisoners. You've got managers like Neil Warnock down there and, and you know, it's going to be the old timers. It's a different school of football that I, I could see Watford struggling a bit to get used to it. But yeah, you never know. Maybe they will be back. They have got the players to do it if they manage to keep them. But uh, yeah, we'll wait and see. I, I, I was just, I couldn't believe it at the weekend from where we were. And I know that I've moaned a lot about Dean Smith, um, but credit to him. You know, he's kept us up. He deserves a chance to take us into next season now. He deserves another transfer window to try oh, yeah. and bring some reinforcements in, which we desperately need. You need a um, striker. We we could do with a striker. We could do with a, probably a couple of wingers. I think the spine of the team in general isn't too bad. I think he, and if he's back fit again next year, will be fine as a goalkeeper. No problem there. Um, Mings as a centre-back, yes. Concert really impressed me, actually, after lockdown. I think he played very well. We looked a lot more confident and sure of ourselves in defence when he got a few games behind him. So I think he might be okay, but we could probably do with a someone with a bit more experience in the Premier League joining us at the back. Um, and obviously with McGinn, and if we keep Grealish, you know, our centre, central midfield area, it might be um, fine for next year. But they're, they're two big ifs, because I think there are some bigger do you clubs. Think, that are... Do you think Grealish will go? If we'd have gone down, yes. As we've survived by the skin of our teeth, and he's been the person to score to keep us up. I don't think he's going to make his own mind up for a couple of weeks. I think maybe if you asked him now, he'd say he wouldn't go. But I still wouldn't begrudge him if he did. And I think the club would be maybe, if the right offer came in, I think the club would probably be right to have a look at it. I think he's done all he can for us now. He's got to think about himself. And we like all Villa fans know how good he is. I know he gets a lot of criticism from people that don't support Villa. He goes down too easily and all that kind of stuff. Yes, but when he's on your team and you're under pressure, like we are a lot of the time, because that's how we yeah. play, when you're breaking at field, trying to hold on to a 1-0 and he wins you that cheap free kick, it's a good relief for your team. And I think he's 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 sort of doing it. I don't think he's a particularly like lightweight type of player. I think he just does it tactically. He knows that it's going to wind teams up. And I think he would suit a team. I don't think, you know, I'm not talking Man City, Liverpool or anything like that, but I think he would suit a team that's pushing towards Champions League places, you know, maybe Spurs. I don't know whether they play this sort of system that would suit him, but um, he will get a few goals himself, but he, he will be a part of more team goals if he goes to a better club. And I do think he deserves it if that's what he wants to do. But he's a Villa fan, so I don't know. If I played for Villa, I would never leave. And I'm a Villa fan. And I don't know whether you think the same about Chelsea, Chris. Yeah, I, I think once you're at your favourite club, I don't think there's any real need to, to yeah. sort of move on. I, I know it's probably different. Obviously, Villa, 
you know, that they were fighting relegation. But I think you go through the thick and thin of it with your club, don't you? So Yeah. I think he I think if he wants to play for England, I think it's possible with us. If we re- if we recruit in the summer, we need like I say we need strikers. I think we could do with a couple of wingers. Um, I think we definitely need a left back. Um, if we can recruit well, and we're looking at a mid-table finish with Grealish playing well, then I think an England call would not would not be out of the question. But no. if we if we're struggling again next year, I think come January, if we're in a relegation battle. He might go, but I think he'll probably give us another what six months now. Um, yeah, I think I think he'll stay for the, for a little bit, but I wouldn't be surprised in January if he goes. We'll have to wait and see, won't we? Yeah. Uh, just a quick bit of news for you: Adam Lallana has signed for Brighton. Yes, I saw rumours about that earlier. That's a great signing for Brighton. Yeah, I think he'll do a wonderful job for them. And apparently. Uh, Wolves oil up Adama Traore's arms before the games, so he's harder to try and grab hold of. <laughs> it's pretty <laughs> difficult when he runs at that speed, anyway. Yeah, I don't think he needs to do that, but there you go. Yeah, it's a bit of knowledge for you. But yeah, happy though. Happy you're staying up and thrilled. Um, it was very nervy. I was yeah for the whole week after the Arsenal game. I've been um, on edge. I just, I don't know. I mean, like I said a few weeks ago on the podcast, we we were down. We were seven points adrift of Watford. So um, thank you to the Watford owners for sacking Nigel Pearson because that, <laughs> I think, is, is the main thing that's kept us in um, the league. Obviously, Leeds and West Brom coming up. Who do you think the other team will be? Obviously, Swansea beat Brentford last night as well, 1-0. I think the Cardiff-Fulham game's 0-0 at the moment. So Yeah, I, I, fancy, I fancy Brentford to turn it around. I, I hope Brentford turn it around in a way because I've seen a lot of them the last couple of years. They do play really good football. They're going to be at their new stadium next year. Um, players like Ben Rama and Watkins going forward. They're exciting to watch, and I think there would be a lot of fun in the Premier League. Yeah. So I will, I think they'll turn it around against. Yeah. Watford. I know they lost one want, tonight. I'd like them to to to, to come up. So obviously that out of the the four teams that they haven't, I don't think they've ever played in the Premier League, have they? So no. uh, my head says uh, I don't want them to come up, and I want Brett <laughs> players to join Dean Smith. You know, is that their old manager? <laughs> Because yeah, I wouldn't mind Ben Rama. I've seen quite a bit of him, and I think he's he's small, but he's um, very technically gifted. And yeah, I think he's Fulham. I, yeah, I, I'd like Brentford to do it. I just think Fulham might might I think Fulham will come back. Yeah, well, we'll wait and see. So yeah, that's the the season over with now. Uh, the longest season there has ever been in the Premier League. Um, and it all seems, you know, it's almost a year, isn't it? When you think about it, that yeah. Obviously, I, can you remember Villa's first game? Okay, did you play Tottenham? I, I can. It was Spurs, and we yeah. were winning for such a long time. You lost and I thought bit, this season's yeah. going to be great if we can beat yeah. Spurs at Spurs. Then uh, we're we're in for good things. But yeah, we couldn't quite hold on on that <laughs> one. Couldn't have gone any worse first because we lost four nil. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, um, we'll wrap that up for part one. Um, in part two, uh, Liam's going to have a story for us 
And uh, I've got some wonders of white, and I'm going to try and guess these players that uh, from the teaser. Uh, nine players that have scored for six or more Premier League clubs. So we'll be back in part two. Hello and welcome back to part two of this podcast, View from the Sideline. Um, Liam, yes, you've got one last story for us this season. I do. Uh, and then you've got a, a f- almost about four weeks to to see if you can conjure up some more stories from around the world. So let's hear your story this week. So we've, since lockdown, we've been far and wide, haven't we? We've been to to Madagascar yeah, and Romania was... and everywhere. We've been to 1960s Denmark. We've had animals. We have had yeah. animals. Yeah. So to this for this week, I thought we'd do something a little bit closer to home, something a little bit closer to our generation. This may not be news to you because um, after doing a little bit of research into this, it was all over the internet and I've just missed it. But hopefully, hopefully it's completely new. This week's story involves former Ireland international, Stephen Ireland. So I thought initially reading this story, it was made up. Um, And I did put a little disclaimer when I wrote this to say, Stephen Ireland, if you're listening and this isn't factually correct, just, you know, don't sue us. But (laughs) it's it's been in newspapers. So I'm not going to say that. This is genuine bona fide story. So in order to avoid playing an international match for Ireland, so that he could visit his girlfriend, Stephen Island killed his own grandmother. I'm using the term killed in inverted commas there because he basically lied to the national team about his own grandmother dying. So when the so-called death was revealed, the Manchester City midfielder at the time had to actually resurrect his own maternal grandmother, Patricia Tallon, to apologise to his country and his club. Oh, my God. So he later admitted he made up the reason to be excused from Republic of Ireland's 1-0 defeat to Czech Republic in 2007 so he could visit his girlfriend in Cork because she was lonely. He even asked club manager Sven-Goran Eriksson to leave him out of the next club fixture because he was still grieving and had to help with funeral arrangements. Oh, my God. Eriksson went on to describe Stephen Ireland as stupid, and I've got to say... I wholeheartedly agree with them because that is <laughs> Imagine being how did he stupid think? from Sven <laughs> How long did he think he could get away with that for before they checked in? And you know, I don't know. So that's oh, the story this week. Stephen Island killed his own grandmother to get out of playing for Ireland. Uh, I've never heard that, and I don't know how I've never heard that, uh, or if I've either heard it and I've just erased it from my memory, but. Wow, that's a, a that's a lie too far, I think. Yes, <laughs> I always wondered why he didn't play more games for Ireland because he, he obviously at Man City he was you know he looked a really good prospect. Yeah, came to Villa and it ruined him, which happens to everybody. But um, I always wondered why he played so little for Ireland. He Could he, he not would just... have thought so? There's so many better excuses <laughs> than pretending your grandmother's died. So, oh, yeah. God. I wonder what he was like. I was like, he phoned up his grand and just feel like grand. If anyone calls you, don't answer the phone. Yeah. <laughs> if you hear anything on the news to say that you're dead, just, yeah, just don't worry just about it. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. Oh my word. Well, yep, that was uh, this week's story, and uh, I'll geez. compile some more over our summer break. <laughs> cool.
so yep, so uh, Wonders of White this week. Uh, so Wolves have, have finished the season with zero English goal scorers. Uh, this has happened four times previously. Uh, let's see if you can guess Ooh. any of the teams. In fact, one team have done it twice. So one of them's got to be Arsenal. Yeah, Arsenal is definitely one of them. Yeah. Um, who else might have done it? Ooh, I'll give you a little clue. Both, both teams are now in the, the, the championship. Oh, Fulham? Fulham. Yeah, Fulham have done it twice. Fulham have done it twice? Wow. Yes, yeah. And who's down in the championship? I think we're right down near the bottom. Huddersfield? Not quite Huddersfield. A little bit higher than Huddersfield. A little bit higher. Stoke? Stoke, yes. They also did it, yeah. Uh, which sounds crazy. You don't imagine Stoke as a sort of exotic foreign club, do you? I just no. the players as being English. Uh, this one is is quite quite a good one that I found. Uh, so since Southampton lost nine nil to Leicester, they've gained forty four points since that day, which is actually two more points than what Leicester have had in that time period. That is, they've been playing really well. Yeah. Apart from Man United, they've been the best best team since lockdown. Danny um, Ings, Danny Ings would four. be would be leading our line in the Euros right now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, another Leicester-related one. So Jamie Vardy is the oldest Golden Boot winner in the Premier League at 33 years old. Uh, Manchester United have broke a Premier League record with the amount of penalties they've received this season, which is 14. Hands up if you're surprised at that, because uh, yeah. my hands are staying firmly down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, uh, I, I remember didn't they go for a period of like they, they had literally about four or five in a row oh, just... so, and didn't they miss like four of them they could, yeah they could, Pogba missed a lot Pogba and Rashford could <laughs> yeah. decide between themselves who, uh, who was going to be taking them but yep so that's it for uh, that's the one as a white wrapped up for this Excellent. season uh, an ongoing feature that can't be replaced because stats are always out they are Okay, right, this teaser. Right, let's see who you've got then. I am certain of three players. So that's a good start. Anelka is most definitely one of those players. He is. He's. I'll tell you who he scored for. and He scored for Arsenal, Liverpool, Manchester City, Bolton Wanderers, Chelsea and West Brom. So two goals for West Brom before he... I think he... Did he... Just quit West Brom? I can't remember what happened there. Did he go on strike or something? There's something weird about his he time refused, at West Brom. He refused to play, didn't he? Yeah. He to yeah, I didn't think he scored at all, but he did. He got two goals. And he, he wanted to go to one, either China or somewhere like that, didn't he? And he, he refused to sell him. Uh, right, okay. Peter Crouch is definitely on that list. Peter Crouch is yeah. also on that list. So Peter Crouch scored his first Premier League goals for Villa. Which I completely forgot about. I know he was at Villa, but I thought he played in the Premier League before that. But nope, <clears throat> he scored for Villa, Southampton, Liverpool, Portsmouth, Spurs, and Stoke. I think he's most memorable for his time at Tottenham, I reckon, or maybe Liverpool. Interesting, you should say that. So he actually he got twenty-two goals for Liverpool. I know he was there for a few years, but these are obviously mm-hmm. only Premier League goals. I actually thought he did better for Portsmouth, but he only scored 11 
for them, and he only scored 12 goals for Spurs, mm. which I was quite surprised about. I thought Maybe he just the goals he scored for Spurs to stand up more. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Craig Bellamy. Is Craig Bellamy, list. yes. I think he's played, or oh, I think he scored for the most <clears throat> the most teams. So he scored for Coventry City, Newcastle United, Blackburn, Liverpool, West Ham, Man City and Cardiff. And I think that's seven, if I counted that right. Yeah, yeah that is. That's seven clubs. Right. Okay. So you got three. So there is another six to guess. Some my, of them. My, are head, my head is like saying Defoe, but I, I don't think it's Defoe. I don't think Defoe is on. Can, can I can I say I rule out Jermaine Defoe? No. Do I say Defoe? No, I'm not going to say Defoe. Yet. I'm going to go with. Well, I'll help you out because some of them are difficult. So I can say you can rule out Defoe. Okay, That's fine. That's okay. Uh, the other one I've got on this list is uh, um, I'm going to say Robbie Keane. Another correct answer. Four out of four. Uh, he scored for Coventry, Leeds, Spurs, Liverpool, West Ham, and of course the mighty Aston Villa. Three goals to keep us in the league that season. Okay. Oh no, 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 I'm struggling. Uh, yeah, let me just try to go back a bit. Sunderland, uh, Tottenham. I think I spoke to you. I swear I had a conversation about this guy earlier this week with you or at the weekend. Marcus Ben, one of the Bents. Yes, so that's, that is what inspired this question. Oh, right. I was hoping okay. you'd forgotten, but yes, Marcus Ben. Okay. Has scored for four, uh, excuse me, <coughs> six I Premier League teams. So he scored both. for. Are you going to go for both? Darren Bent. No, no, I'll just say Marcus Bent for now. Marcus Bent. So Marcus Bent has scored for Crystal Palace, Ipswich, Leicester, Everton, Charlton, and Wigan Athletic. And he hasn't that. reached double figures for any of them. Uh. So yeah, I have five. Now. I've done five, have I? So that is five. Do you want to continue? Because uh, I say... did only originally ask for five, but you can go for all nine I, if you want. No, I'll go for the other Ben. I've got no idea. He is also on the list. <laughs> so Ipswich Town, Charlton Athletic, uh, Tottenham Hotspur, Sunderland, Villa, and Fulham. So you've actually got. Six, six now. So there's nine. So oh. there is nine. So there's three to guess. Just give I'd me the say. rest. Mate. I can't, I can't think of another one. Okay, so the one I think is probably the most obvious out of those three is Andy Cole, who scored for Newcastle, Man United, Blackburn, Fulham, Man City, and Portsmouth. Then being at Man City or Portsmouth. He didn't get many for him. I think he got yeah. nine for Man City and it looks like three, I think, for Portsmouth. Um, and then probably the one after that is Les Ferdinand, who oh, scored for QPR, Newcastle, Spurs, West Ham. He only got two goals for West Ham. Leicester City and one goal for Bolton Wanderers. And then probably the most difficult, certainly the most surprising that I thought is Nick Barmby. Spurs, Middlesbrough, Everton, Liverpool, Leeds and Hull City. He got one goal in Hull's first season in the Premier League. 
Um, so that's the nine, the famous nine who scored. I can safely say we could have been here for two hours. I probably you would have got Nick Barmy. I probably would have got Colin Ferdinand, but Nick Barmy, I never would have crossed my mind. No, trying to think of other players, I would have, I would have gone for. I, so I can't many. really think of many. There's probably a lot that have played for three, maybe four. Yeah, score for four, but well, I'm quite chuffed for that. There you go. You did very well. So I, yeah, it's a good job I remember that conversation about Marcus Bent, really. Yeah, so. that's. I thought oh, he's bound to have forgotten that last week, so uh, I'll use that as a teaser. But that's why <laughs> I thought oh, if yeah, if I say he only wants five, then uh, we can count out Marcus Bent, or I could give you that one as as one anyway. But yeah, there we go. Well done, anyway. Six out of cool. nine, not bad at all. More teasers God, next God, season. Those teasers are done. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I have to switch it up next year a little bit. Start giving you some some teasers, I think. More than welcome. The football world uh, is me. But yeah, so that's it. That's it for this season. Uh, obviously, thanks to Liam for stepping in uh, when needed throughout the season and then sort of becoming a permanent fixture of the, the podcast. I think it was just after Christmas, wasn't it? Start yeah, of the year, it maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's been a uh, it's been a great six months. I've enjoyed it immensely. Yeah. So uh, yeah, thanks to Liam. Um, thanks to Rich as well. Uh, I can't forget about Rich. Obviously, he he was he's obviously one of the the founding members of this podcast, and he was you know was I always sound like he's I was about to say he's, he was with us for six months at the start of the season. That makes him sound like. He's He's passed. I can I can safely say he's de- he's definitely much still here and alive. He's, he's definitely uh, still a Spurs fan as well. Yeah, awesome. yeah, celebrating his Europa League uh, <laughs> victories uh, for next season. But we will try and get him back on at some point, even if it's just a brief sort of talk about Tottenham. But I think he's uh, I think he's just written this season off a little bit. But but yeah, anything else, Liam? No, um, just how happy I am that I'm going to be reporting on Villa being in the Premier League next season when we come back. <laughs> yeah, it, it would have been slightly awkward because obviously we would have had to be covering the championship. As well. Yeah, <laughs> I thought I'd be the resident championship expert next year, but so, no. Obviously, uh, Yeovil Watch will be back as well next season. Obviously, unfortunately, won't be a League 2 thing. It will still be a National League. Um, but yeah, but... Thanks to everyone who's listened uh, this season, uh, you know, and still does listen. Uh, but yeah, we will be back in probably about a month to two months' time when the season resumes. So we will see you then.